Hi, and welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast. I'm Trisha Copeland, author and host of this show. This podcast is all about books and book characters. Today, I'll be talking to Susan James Pierce, guest author. Susan writes YA and New Adult Paranormal and Urban Fantasy. YA dystopian titles, as well as contemporary romance. I've read one of her books in her YA Urban Fantasy series, so I'm super excited to talk to her about the rest of her books. Listen in as we talk about her book worlds and characters. Hi, SJ. Trisha, thank you so much for having me on. I am so excited to have you today, and it's so great to see your face. For the listeners, I am on Zoom with SJ Pierce. I haven't seen her in like two years, and I haven't talked to her about all her new books, so I'm super excited to see what else she has come out with. It has been too long. It has been. I think we've been at at least two or three book cons together, so um, yeah, always enjoy seeing you and excited to talk to you today. Tell me what kind of author you are, what kind of books you have, just a little general overview before we dive deep in. Sure, yeah, so I have two pen names. So one is S.J. Pierce, and that's what I write all of my paranormal slash fantasy books under. So I've got an adult paranormal romance series called the Alex Rayer series, um, a young adult paranormal series, which is my captivated series, and then a young adult dystopian. Um, and then under my Susan Pierce pen name, um, I write contemporary romance. I actually just started getting into that, into the contemporary romance genre. I just had some stories that, um, you know how it is. You had some stories floating around in your head and you want to get them out. <laughs> so, so I start, I decided to venture into that. Fun. I did not know that you wrote dystopian and I did not know you wrote in the romance either. So that's super fun to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I just write what, what comes to me. I don't really, you know, worry about sticking to one thing, um, kind of all over the place <laughs> with that. I just write what interests me. I take the JK Rowling approach. <laughs> yes, I do that as well. And I, I'm always wondering, okay, should I have created a pen name for this or is it too late or what do I need to do with this? But I figure J.K. Rowling and Colleen Hoover, there's lots of authors who have jumped several genres. So, Right. Yeah. I just kind of, you know, follow your, that's always just been my philosophy. Follow your joy, follow what interests you. And I don't think that'll lead you wrong, really. Yeah, I mean, if you don't like what you're doing, then I think that would come out in your work. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. I think readers know that <laughs> if you're not into what you're writing, like you said, it'll come across. You can't hide that. <laughs> so which series did you start first? So I started the Alex Rayer series first. That was, those were the very first books I had written. Um, and I decided to self-publish. It was very, very new. Um, and gosh, that was uh, back in 2010 that I, that I wrote those and self-published. Um, rewrote them several times because as I learned and got better, and I know you can appreciate this too, I would go back and read them and oh gosh. <laughs> so I wanted to rewrite. So I did that a couple of times. It's been through a couple of editors. It's published now as a small press publisher. 
Um, and then that series led into my captivated series, the young adult series, the young adult paranormal series, because it follows the two characters in the Alex Rayer series. It's their offspring. So I kind of kind of continued the story in a way, um, but in a different direction with that series. But it all it all originated with the Alex Rayer. Well, tell me more about Alex Rayer then. So it's, you know, it's really funny looking back on it now, I realized that it kind of was me <laughs> in the story because the main character, and I was working a, a very corporate job at the time, um, downtown Atlanta. And that's what she does. She works at a corporate office, downtown Atlanta. Um, she even looked like me like the character description, long hair, tall. Um, and so I think, I think why that, why that is, and, and I'll go into more about the story, but just about the, how I fashioned the character and kind of the setting in the beginning, very corporate midtown Atlanta setting. Um, I, I think I just was very, I think I was just very bored with my life at the time because I'm a very, um, my archetype is definitely the artist. I'm the artist, I'm the visionary. And at that time I was working in the engineering department and it was just not a very good fit for my personality. And so, um, and I would carpool. So on the way home, I would daydream about these certain scenarios you know, this is before I was writing. Um, I would daydream about certain scenarios and how cool would it be if this happened? And then what if that happened? And one day I was like, you know, cause I enjoy reading and I love stories. I'm like, why don't I, why don't I write a book, you know, put it into, um, put it into a, you know, type it into a word document and turn it into a story. And what I was fantasizing about on the way home was like, you know, some type of, evil coming in and taking over the world, something very supernatural and um, me and in, in, in several different like people we would, we didn't realize that's what we were here for, but we kind of, when it happened, like we morphed into these other beings, kind of like angelic beings, but really cool. Not like what you would think of, like with the big fluffy feathers and halos, we had solid black eyes. And, um, you know, our purpose was to protect people from the evil that was coming into the world. <laughs> it's very vivid daydreams. Um, so that's kind of the premise of the story. Um, you know, she's here, um, you know, hiding amongst the humans in a very normal corporate life. And then an evil comes in and her and even someone that she knows um, and they, they don't realize that they're the same being. But when it gets here, it like triggers something inside of them to, to protect you know, humanity, and they're each assigned a gifted human that's supposed to help with the fate of the world because it's kind of it's an apocalyptic story. And so, it, and um, so they also have to protect the person that they're assigned to protect and get them to safety, so they can kind of regroup and figure out how to combat the evil that's come in to take over. Um, so, yeah, those are some pretty intense daydreams just for a ride home from work. <laughs> But I was like, I've got to get this out. I've got to get this story out and into a book. Well, I know Atlanta traffic, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be hours, right? Yeah. And, you know, we live way south of the city. So, you know, I would be not driving um, 
I'd like to say I wasn't daydreaming when I was driving. Sometimes I wouldn't have to refocus, but you know, with carpooling, I, um, especially then, like my mind would wander and something it would be up to three hours a day, sometimes not one way, but there and back. And that's a lot of downtime, that is. you know, and for people like us who are creatives and it's not really being fulfilled in other areas and our minds tend to wander, you know, that's where it would go for sure. That's I didn't start writing on my carpool, but I started writing and I do a lot of my stories when I'm running, like mm -hmm. I, or when I'm house cleaning something like, or doing the folding the laundry or something like I need something to entertain my brain while I'm doing these mundane tasks. So I definitely oh understand that. Same. Yeah. If I'm cooking or, um, yeah, cooking, cleaning any kind of mundane tasks, like you just said, but then I also, that's why I'm so clumsy because <laughs> my head's always somewhere else. I don't know if you can relate to that too, but I'm always bumping into things and getting my clothes caught on things. Cause it's hard. It's a real challenge for me to stay in the present. I'm actually currently working on that, trying to be more present and mindful and in the moment. Cause yeah, that's, that's a challenge. My husband can always tell when I'm like off thinking of something. He's like, you're not here. Are you? And I'm like, okay, sorry, sorry. I'm coming back. <laughs> they do. They know that, don't they? <laughs> tell me more about your Captivate series. Um, so Captivated series, you know, that's a spinoff of the two characters in the Alex Rayer series. So those two characters have a daughter. And so she's gifted in her own right because her parents is, um, is an angel or yeah, her parents, one parent's an angel, the other one is a gifted human. So like a dream, a dream psychic. And so she, just because she, she has basically has magic in her blood, she has the gift of telekinesis. And then she also finds out that she has her father's gift of um, being able to predict things in her dreams. And so she, she, there's a school for gifted kids like her. Um, called Midland Pines. So she gets, um, she decides to go there. Almost said shipped off, but it's also kind of voluntary. Um, so she goes there and, you know, it's a, it's a romance. It's a young adult romance. So there's a little bit of a love triangle. There's some mystery there um, with there's something in the woods that she feels like is watching her and is almost calling to her. Um, but that's all I'll really go into there. because <laughs> I don't want to give anything away, but the villains of the story are beings that are after her kind, that are the half angel, half human, um, because there's something special about their blood that they're after to use it for their own purposes. So students go missing because there are others like her in the school. Um, students go missing. So there's a lot of mystery and suspense involved as well as the love triangle and the angsty teenage romance, so. <laughs> should satisfy most young adult romance readers <laughs> yes it definitely satisfied me so it oh thank you it captivated me just like the title of captivate me and the captivated series oh I love it thank you when you and it sounds like you must love your characters as much as I do because it's really hard like I finished my kingdom journal series and I was like oh this is so sad I can't just finish it so now I'm like have this spin-off fairy series that they're a little kind of a little bit of a crossover there yeah sometimes it's hard to leave them isn't it it is um 
I just did that. And I told myself when I started writing contemporary romance under the Susan Pierce pen name, I told myself that I wasn't going to do that, that this is just going to be a standalone. Well, I'm, I'm writing book two now, so <laughs> I can't help it. If you're a series writer, you're a series writer, you know. <laughs> that must be it, because I've said that about a number of my books, and I think I only have one standalone. Mm. Yeah, I only have one standalone. All the others are part of a series. It's hard yeah. to do because you live with them for so long and you, you know, in your head and you become well acquainted with them. And it's like you, it's almost like they are real people, you know, and when it's, you almost have a sense of sadness when you hit when you type the end and it's like, oh, but what would happen next? And then it, like, I go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so, yeah, I started reading some reviews. Um, the first vampire character I created, not many people like her personality because she's really grating and kind of controlling. And I'm like, but she's a vampire trying to live in a human world. Don't you understand? <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's tough too. Because not everybody's going to love them too the way you love them. Um, so that's hard too. There, yeah, there were some reviewers that didn't particularly like Kat. They said she was real two-dimensional, but you know, she had a, a great home life and great parents. She didn't have a lot of emotional baggage <laughs> when she comes into the story. So all of so it's like she she comes into the story, um, you know, a very, very well cared for person that didn't have a lot of baggage, and then a lot of crap happens to her. Um, you know, so you, you see it from that perspective of someone that is already kind of whole. And then, you know, we break them because that's what we do. That's as authors, <laughs> we're very good at breaking our characters. And, you know, that's where you see um, her trying to put herself back together again in her relationships and kind of come to terms with her new reality when she has been not sheltered her whole life, but when she's been very well cared for you know, and hadn't had a lot, not like her mom had a lot of um, life challenges. So yeah, but it's like, that's, that's who she was. That's who she was in the story. And, you know, not everybody likes that. And it's not the typical young adult, um, you know, the orphan or, you know, the, the one that's been adopted or, you know, they come into the story with a lot of baggage. I wouldn't even say that's typical, but as far as young adult characters go, but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that mine's maybe necessarily the norm. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I think you kind of have to have those situations. You're right because I think in a lot of the cases in YA, paranormal, you have to have those situations where you only have one parent or you're orphaned or because yeah. if you had two caring parents that were paying attention to you, they wouldn't let you fall in love with a vampire. They wouldn't let, you know, like if they were really paying attention, <laughs> um, they wouldn't let you go off and do half the things that you need to do to be in one of these books, right? That's so, so true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I noticed that a long time ago. And well, even in like fairy tale stories, I mean, Cinderella's father died. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even in all those, all the princesses mostly, well, I guess Sleeping Beauty had her parents, um, but a lot of them have lost either one, at least one parent. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, true. And I, I did feel like that was a little bit of a challenge going into it. 
but it just, you know, it, it was what it was because her parents are who they were and they had their happily ever after at the end of the Alex Rayer series. And so their, her home life was good and stable. They were still together, you know, good home life. So it, it, it wouldn't feel right to go into it with her being a very jaded, grading character. Um, the, the cynicism comes later. <laughs> 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 yeah when her train goes off the rail right right exactly as as which that's reality too you know it happens life life definitely happens don't we all know that <laughs> right and even the most yeah well-rounded mentally stable people are going to have some consequence or some challenge when they're challenged by physical or metaphysical or whatever things they're going through Right. And that makes a good story, right? Because if even if you start off with a character that's somewhat well adjusted, it's not it, that doesn't make for a good story just for everything to go right. You know, and that's not like you said, it's not even true in life. What makes a good story is the crap happening and then the triumph over that. Right. And even as well, even adults aren't going to like approach everything in a perfect way, much less a teenager knowing how to deal with whatever. <laughs> so. Right, exactly. <laughs> which leads me to the dystopian genre, which I'm super excited to hear about because I don't know anything about your dystopian book. So go for it. Tell me everything. Yeah, so it's in the same universe. There's no crossover characters, but it's kind of in the same universe as the Alex Rayer slash Captivated series universe. And it's set in the future. Um, she, she finds out when she's young, cause her father starts getting these markings on his skin. Um, like these blue markings show up on his skin and it, it, people are like, is this a disease? Is this a virus? Which I guess, you know, um, it's not appropriate for these days, but <laughs> we can all relate like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And so that he finally has to come out, his, his race sought refuge on earth years ago because their planet was being overtaken and they're humanoid. So they look like humans, except for the markings on their skin. Well, they're also chameleon type beings so they can change their skin because they were hunters and gatherers. So they were able to, when they're in the forest hunting, they're able to kind of camouflage with their surroundings. So they knew to fit in on this planet they were going to have to morph their skin to look more like humans, which is just basically more like all like one color as opposed to having the markings on them. Well, you can only hide your true self for so long and their markings started coming back kind of against their will. And so he as their leader, because he was one of the leaders, one of the elders from that race that sought refuge on earth, um, he kind of steps up and meets with the president and, um, and because it's in the future, there was like a great, there was all in it. This is kind of what helps make it dystopian, but there was like this great flooding. And so all of America was kind of reduced to a very small continent. So they're already having overpopulation issues. So he meets with the president and things go wrong. We don't really get to see what happened. Um, and I won't say because that'll ruin it, but things go wrong and um, he ends up dying, which you learn that in the first couple chapters anyway. And the who is left, because now they're 
labeled dangerous by the government. They're shipped off to an island. Um, all of the alien, including their offspring. So she, his daughter, who this story focuses around, um, she's considered half alien, but because she's his offspring, she's included. So all of the aliens and their offspring, because they're now quote unquote dangerous, are shipped off to an island to kind of fend for themselves. Well, the government decides okay, well, you know, if they, if some of them want to come back, because a lot of them had um, relationships with humans, if they want to come back, they can come back and fight for their freedom. And so they're the ones that want to, they, they're put into an arena. And um, so the, um, the president has like a candidate that they pick and um, to, to fight against the the alien wanting to come back into society. And so they like battle it out. And if they win, they get to come back. And if they don't, then they die. So it's like a fight to the death. Yeah. And so they find out, that's kind of the story setting. So they find out that what happened that day at the Capitol when her father died, that it was really just a setup because they wanted to exploit their race for monetary gain, because they make a lot of money off the freedom game. So they saw a way to, to um, help with the overpopulation issue by shipping a lot of them out of there. And they're also exploiting them because um, they make money off of them coming in and fighting for their freedom. So they find out what happened. So they decide to, um, so a group of, group of friends, including his daughter, um, Myra, they decide to come back um, and one of them are going to fight to the to the death, but it's really just um, an operation to retrieve some records proving proving what really happened that day. Um, and things, of course, go sour because the plans never happen like, <laughs> you know, things never happen the way you want it to. And um, it's a big mess. But so that's I'm trying to decide if I want to go into more of it, but. Yeah, a lot happens. Um, nothing is what you think it is. Um, but it does have those typical dy dystopian elements, you know, in the future, fighting against the government and in their explo exploitation against other other races. So it's a good it's it's a good series. I have some of my readers, that's their favorite series. They really enjoy it. And it's broken into three books, three novellas. And what are the titles of those? I'm officially intrigued. I'm going to write them down right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Spectacle. So there's Spectacle Part One, Part Two, Part Three. Fun. And it sounds like they're kind of quick, short reads as well. Three novellas. Three novellas. Yeah. So it was one long book, and I'd, I had broken it up into three parts. Um, but uh, my publisher decided to break it up into three novellas instead of it being one long book. So yeah, Spectacle Part One, Part Two, Part Three. Super fun. And what is your publisher? Who are you published under? Um, Foundations, Foundations Publishing Company. Fun. And all are all your books are with the same one? Um, all of my paranormal slash fantasy books are. Nice. Um, my contemporary romance is um, with Kay Bromberg. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She writes contemporary romance. She's got the Driven series. Uh, she started a publishing company for people to write for authors to write in her world. 
in her Driven Series world. It's wildly popular. She's got, um, I think it's Passion Flicks has made a series, a TV series out of it. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really good books. She's a great, she's an amazing author, great lady. Um, so she, um, I signed a contract with her to write a series in that, in that world. So oh, that's neat. Yeah. So she publishes that and that's not through foundations. Right. And what are the names of those books? Mm. Um, the first one is Endgame. And the next one's going to be Backspin. That's the one I'm writing now. And I think, I think it's going to be a three book series. I don't think it's going to end up being a duet because you know how we do. <laughs> we can't just stop it. We can't just stop at one or two. <laughs> I think, yeah, I always end up doing one extra for whatever reason. I had one of my villains who ended up with his own whole book in one of my series. And I was like, how did that happen? Right. <laughs> I'm not sure. So. It's hard to do. It's hard to just stop there, you know, let's just keep going. Cause I, yeah, I mean, okay, well, what if this happened? Well, what if they met this person? Well, what's next? <laughs> They're all the same things that we as readers want to hear, right? So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So do you read in the same genre that you write or you write in a lot of genres, so I can't imagine there's <laughs> Um, I actually really enjoy reading um, thrillers and suspense novels because that's, and that's funny because I don't really, I mean, I have suspense in my books, but that's definitely not what I write. And I also enjoy young adult dystopian and young adult paranormal and fantasy. Like I love me some Sarah J. Moss. I love oh, okay. those. Is that how you pronounce it? Is that Moss or Mass? I always pronounce it Moss. So okay. Yeah, I'm like, right about that. Okay, Moss too. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Um, but her, I'm just in love with her Court of Thorns and Roses books. I haven't. Um, I've heard great things too about her Thrones, um, Thrones of Glass. Is it Throne of Glass? I think that, so. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard great things about that one too. Um, and I want to dive in, but but not right now. I'm reading some nonfiction stuff. So kind of hop all over. Right now, I'm reading some nonfiction. I'm the same way. So I can't do, I can do some thrillers, but if they talk about war and terrorism and things like that, then I'm like, no, I'm out. I can't do that. I think it touches like too close to reality for me. I need more, something that couldn't happen in real life. I need in my reading. Right. Um, a really good one. Do you know who Blake Crouch is? I don't. He writes a really good, he's, um, he, he kind of writes too a little, um, definitely has a lot of suspense in his novels and thriller, a little bit of horror. Um, but he just has some really good thought provoking stories, very entertaining. And he's got, they actually made um, a TV series out of it. It's called Wayward Pines. It's set in the future, which is why I loved it because I love anything dystopian. So it's set way in the future, but it also has a sci-fi side to it. I think you would, I think you would love it. I will definitely have to look that up. It's a three book series. And like I said, they made a, they made like a TV series, like a mini, I don't, think, I don't know if it was a TV series. It was like a mini, kind of a mini series, but. And that's like mini. Look at me plug like a series or something. Yeah, I'll have to look him up. That sounds great. 
Yeah. He's one of my favorites. So if I had to, you know, I'd say Sarah J. Moss for any type of young adult fantasy. I just absolutely love her books. And then Blake Crouch for that, for that vein. For the adult, kind of the adult thriller. So this is my biggest question that I love to ask all my authors. If someone's reading your book, what do you want them to come away with? Or how do you, what do you want them to experience or feel or get from your book? Um, I would definitely say a common thread in my books is just that love triumphs. And I love a good happy ending. So that's something they can definitely expect. I kind of, like I said earlier, I put them through a lot. I put my readers through a, a whole lot in my characters. Um, but that love and light definitely, they, they conquer all basically and overcome the darkness. That is neat. I think I have some similar story elements to you as I like writing angels and my witches are descended from angels. So they're sort of like angelic beings, but um, yeah. And that love or light conquering all, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it leaves that super feel good type feeling when you're finishing a book. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I love, and that's, and kind of like you were saying earlier, we kind of like to, to read um, what we write as well. Um, but I, I love that in my, what I read as well. I love that feel good at the end, but I also like to be taken on a journey to get there, you know, a lot of suspenseful moments and funny moments in between, um, a lot of dark moments, some twisty moments, because I do like a little bit of dark and twisty in there. <laughs> All of that is super fun. Yeah, I yeah. put my characters through the ringer too, and when I had to review my books or listen to the audio books to make sure, you know, it's like proofing them. Like I was literally crying and my husband's like, haven't you, you read the story like 10,000 times. Like, why are you still crying? And I'm like, it's so sad. Yeah. And like, I, like we were talking about earlier, we just get so connected to our characters too. They're a part of us. So sometimes it's hard to read what we put them through. <laughs> yeah, it, it is definitely for me. I'm like, oh, and when I have to write that part, I'm like, write a couple sentences, like get up and walk away, write a couple sentences, get up and walk away. Okay, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's a part of us too, right? So, we, you know, these characters, we feel like they're kind of their own thing. And in some ways they are, but it's also very much a part of us. So I think, I feel like there's that personal piece of it too, that it touches on emotionally. It's super fun though. Yes. So do you have anything else that my listeners might want to know about you or your books or what you're looking forward to or you, what you love about being an author? Yeah, I just, I love the creative piece of it. You know, we, I was talking in the beginning about how that's my archetype. I'm an artist archetype. I'm a creative. So it really, it definitely satisfies that part of me. Um, and, you know, I just, I would want to encourage, and it's def it definitely fulfills me in a lot of ways. So if I could leave everybody with something, it's that, find something that you're passionate about and don't feel bad about going for it. You know, dive into it, research it, just do it. Cause it's, you know, if it's something that you're excited about, I, I feel like your internal antenna is trying to tell you something and it's, it'll be, it'll be a really fulfilling journey for you. Cause it has been for me. 
That's such a good message. I was just messaging with one of my readers that she was saying, I think I'm going to start writing. And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Do it. Like we need to be doing more of that. Cause you know, as a society not to get too philosophical, but as a society, I think sometimes we can get too bogged down with doing things that we think other people think we should do, you know, or what other people think are acceptable. But, you know, you want you as a person, that internal antenna will never steer you wrong. So just follow your joy. It's really important. I love that message. And it's been so great talking to you, SJ Pierce and Susan Pierce. And I will have your whole bio and all your links in the description. So my readers or listeners can find you. Thanks for being here. And thank you so much again for having me. It's been, it's been great. You're welcome. Bye. Patricia. I had so much fun hosting Susan today. I could literally talk to her for hours. Make sure to check out Susan's books under Susan Pierce for Contemporary Romance and S. J. Pierce for her fantasy and dystopian titles. You can find all her links in the podcast description. This is Trisha Copeland, and until next week, I hope you'll keep finding the magic.